What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your guy, JR, and thanks for tuning in as I take you across the world of sports. I'll share with you the major storylines, give you updates, and my opinions on different topics. Let's go. Welcome back, guys, to the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm just excited for this very first episode. I'm excited to just give you guys this content and just these major updates and storylines that's going on across sports. You know, it's one thing I'm passionate about is sports, and I love to talk about it and just spark up conversations and give you my opinions so you guys can think about it or, you know, message back and tell me what you think. I love it, man. I enjoy sports. I think it's something amazing. And I'm excited to get this to you guys to talk about it and just a spark conversation. So that being said, again, we're going to cover all sports and let's go and get right to it. Um, we'll get to the NBA uh, next week. I'm going to do a special episode on just the NBA where I give you, you know, who I think is going to MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and all that. We'll get on that next uh, next week, do a special episode just on the NBA. But today, what I want to start off with is the NFL. It's been amazing. First three weeks, we've seen some awesome games. We've seen teams that we expect to be there at the top, be at the top, a.k.a. Chiefs, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Baltimore, Green Bay, the Rams. They're, you know, leading right now the divisions. And we've seen we've seen that for the last few years, so we've expected that, right? And then the Miami Dolphins. Wow. And the Philadelphia Eagles. The only two undefeated teams left. Did anybody see that coming? Like, man, I'm so happy for Tua and Jalen Hurts. Man, just the amount of work they put in and the talent that's been put around them. They are definitely um, capitalizing on the talent that's around them. And I hope that they continue to keep that up. And it will be amazing to see them meet one day and face off against each other. But that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is Patrick Mahomes, man. Did anybody see that list? the top quarterbacks coming into the season. Patrick Mahomes was number five, and I have a problem with that. Before him, they had Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, and Josh Allen. Now, if you want to argue Aaron Rodgers, that's fine, coming off an MVP season. If you want to argue Tom Brady, had an amazing season, over 5,000 yards, high completion rate, that's fine. You can argue that, who probably should have won the MVP, if we're being honest, but it's another story for another day. You want to argue them too? That's fine. We can have the argument. I still believe he's number one right now, currently. But Justin Herbert, what has he won? He ain't won a single thing. Do I think Justin Herbert is going to be an amazing quarterback? I do. I think he's going to be one of the faces of the NFL and quite possibly the best quarterback in the league for a long time one day. But not right now. Josh Allen, we'll get to him in a second. But Patrick Mahomes, let me read you guys some things about Pat Mahomes. Ever since he's been starting, it's four years worth of starting. Now, he took over in his first year that he didn't start. He took over the last game. I think he threw for 400 yards, a couple touchdowns. I think he had a couple picks as well, but the Chiefs were out of it by then. Um, But we saw signs of it there. But since he's been starting, check this out. Four AFC championship games, four, an NFL MVP. He's a Super Bowl champ. He's a Super Bowl MVP, right? His worst season as a starter, this this blows my mind, 4,031 passing yards, 26 touchdowns, and five interceptions, right? Last season, we all kept saying, 
man, this is a down year. Man, this is a down year for him, right? 4,839 yards, 37 touchdowns, and 15 picks. Now, 15 picks is high, but I think he was like number four in the league. I know that Stafford and Trevor Lawrence led the league with 17. I think that he was like third or fourth in that category. So, yeah, the picks are a little high. But we live in a day and age now where we throw the ball so much. So, And Pat, Pat loves to swing it, so I understand that. But I don't hold that against him. But a down year, 4,839 yards, 37 touchdowns, 15 picks. That's a If anybody else have that year, that's a phenomenal year, right? Let's get to Josh Allen, the guy who everybody came in and pegged. He's going to be the next thing. He's going to win MVP. He's going to do this. Yes, do I believe he's going to win MVP? I do. Do I believe the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl? I do. And also on that topic, we'll get to that later as well. I'll give you my predictions on who I think is going to win, who I think is going to win the Super Bowl. And I do think that Josh Allen will have a great and amazing season and will win the MVP. But a lot of times what you find is that the best quarterback don't always win the MVP, a la Tom Brady. He's been the best quarterback in the league for years, and he's only got a few MVPs. Tom Brady should have seven or eight MVPs, but he don't, right? So the best quarterbacks or quarterback in the league don't always win MVP, right? So with that being said, I do think Josh Allen will win it. But let me read you Josh Allen. Since Josh Allen's been starting, you know how many AFC Championship games he's been to? Anybody want to take a guess? Zero. Man's been to zero AFC Championship games. One playoff win. You want to know what his career best year was? 2020. 4,544 passing yards, 37 touchdowns, and 10 picks. That was his best year. That's his best career year up until this point. It wasn't even as good as Pat's quote-unquote down year from last year. Pat had 300 yards more passing, the same amount of touchdowns, and he had five more picks. But Pat had a down year, and that was Josh Allen's best year. So where they're getting this you know, list from or the numbers they're pulling, I, I honestly don't know. But NFL, I'm here to tell you from the All Things Sports podcast, Pat Mahomes is still that guy. <laughs> like Shannon Sharp always says, my homeboy. My homeboy is still that guy. He's still the best quarterback in the league. He still gets it done. And one more thing I want to talk about along those lines. Everybody was wondering, is, is, is Pat going to take a step back? Is it Was it all Tyreek Hill? Listen, anytime you have a great receiver like Tyreek Hill, it's going to affect you in some ways. But I personally believe that he didn't make Patrick Mahomes. And I, didn't believe, and I don't believe Patrick Mahomes made him. Tyreek Hill started coming onto the scene with Alex Smith. Now, he didn't burst, he didn't burst onto the scene until they unleashed Mahomes, and then you saw what that connection does. But I believe that Tyreek Hill is a great player in his own right, as you can see right now with the Dolphins of what he's done. I mean, against Baltimore, he was unguardable. 11 catches, 190 yards, two touchdowns. He was unguardable. So Tyreek Hill is great in his own right, and so is Patrick Mahomes. So Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs will be just fine. They're still going to have an amazing year. They're still going to be there in the end. The question is, is can they get over that hump? And can they beat the Buffalo Bills? But I still think that Patrick, my homeboy, is still that guy. No shot at the other quarterbacks. He's still that dude. So moving on, let's talk about just some of the news around the NFL real quick. 
What's going on with the Chargers? You know, the guy they had before Mahomes, Justin Herbert. What's going on with them? They lost 38-10 to to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, albeit the Jaguars have looked decent out of the first three games, they're 2-1. They've looked decent. But what's going on with them, man? This is the same team that added Khalil Mack in the offseason and J.C. Jackson, who was arguably, you know, the best corner in the game. So let's go through just a few key players on the team real quick. You have Derwin James, a top three safety in the game. J.C. Jackson went healthy, a top three corner in the game. Asante Samuel Jr. is an up-and-coming star at the cornerback position. Flip to the offensive side. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go back real quick. Joey Bosa, (laughs) a great, great, great tight end. I mean, excuse me, defensive end. And let's flip to the offensive side real quick. Justin Herbert, great quarterback. Mike Williams, who is a number one receiver. Keenan Allen, who is a number one receiver. Everett, who is a good tight end with Austin Eckler, who's a top 10 back. An offense that is loaded. So what's going on with them right now? Um, I just think they need to figure some things out, man. And when they put this thing together, they're going to be a scary team. You know, against the Chiefs, they had that game won. You know, I think the Chiefs didn't play their best uh, football. But I do think that the Chargers gave that game away. There were three picks that they should have had that hit their hand. Really, they had four picks. Now, they reviewed one and took one away because they said it hit the ground. We can argue that if it did or not. I honestly think that he had control of it and it was a pick. So, but you can take that for what it's worth. Um, but I think that, you know, they had they had three picks that game that really should have been should have been picked off. So I just think they shot themselves in the foot um, that game. They shot themselves in the foot, and they should have won that game um, against the Chiefs. So they got to figure it out, man. And the other other problem that I have with them is, why did you leave Justin Herbert in a blowout game when you know that his ribs are broken? Like, this dude's hurting. This dude's ribs are are broken and you left them in a blowout game like sometimes you have to protect the players from the player like what i mean by that is you have to protect them from himself like i know he wanted to stay in prove that he's tough prove that he can be there for his guys but he needed to come out in that moment and sometimes you got to protect them and live to fight another day and might i say they might end up needing to rest him i think they might need to give him a, a break or so um and let him heal up a little bit for that stretch run because what you don't want to do is him fight through this injury all year and you get to the end of the year and you need to win one of these games and you can't win it because your starting quarterback, the face of your franchise, just can't do it because he's been beat up all year. So, Chargers, you really need to look into taking better care of Justin Herbert and seeing what's the best option for him. Moving on, let's talk about Lamar Jackson for a minute. Man, what a year for Lamar Jackson so far. Lamar Jackson had a crazy offseason where you know he was negotiating his contract and big ups to him too for representing himself but he was trying to get you know his contract situation done and when it reached a point where it didn't he said you know we're gonna put talks on hold and he's gonna bet on himself and I can't blame him and man has it paid off like Baltimore you don't messed up now you should have paid him what he wanted beforehand because now I believe that price just went up let's look at some of the 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 stats this year from Lamar Jackson. First in passing touchdowns with 10. First in passer rating, 119.0. Second in QBR, 
at 78.4 and fifth in rushing at 249 yards. Like, man, that's incredible for a guy that some people deemed to switch positions, right? We, they said, man, this guy got to switch positions. He ain't going to be a quarterback. He has been phenomenal, man. He's, his arm is continuing to get better. He's continuing to get more accurate. He's continuing to learn to read defenses even more as time goes by. And you know his his running game has always been amazing. And that's what separates him from most people is that, man, he can he can take off and score a 75-yard touchdown in a heartbeat. So, man, big ups to Lamar, man. And I think right now, and here in a few minutes, I'll give you my top five MVP candidates. But right now, I think Lamar is leading the way in that category. And Baltimore, you done messed up. Now you're going to pay this man 300 mil. I really believe that. If they don't do it, somebody else do it. And even if you franchise tag him, you're still having to pay him 40, 45 mil. So Baltimore, please figure this out. Please pay this man because right now he is making himself even more money. Moving on, how about them Cowboys, right? <laughs> Can't go without talking about America's team. And I just have an issue with something that Jerry Jones said. And if we all heard it, he said that, you know, he'd be open to a competition between Dak and Cooper Rush. Let me tell y'all something right now. There is no competition there. I think Richard Sherman said on his podcast, you can't bench a guy that's making $40 million a year. You just can't do it. He's making too much money. And honestly, what has Cooper Rush done that Dak hasn't done, right? <laughs> I mean, he ain't done nothing that Dak hasn't done. Did they look good against Tampa Bay? They did not look good against Tampa Bay. But guys, that Tampa Bay defense is probably the best defense in the league. I think that that's something that we're not considering. Like, the next day I heard so many people bashing Dak. Man, Dak ain't this, Dak ain't that. When nobody gave Tampa Bay the credit that they deserve. That's a phenomenal defense. That's a phenomenal secondary, a phenomenal front seven. And Todd Bowles is a phenomenal defensive mind. So let's give them credit where it's due. They just locked them up. So, But there ain't no competition here, man. Dak's the guy. Dak's the man. Dak's going to come back. And Dak, I don't think he needs to do too much. I think that he still needs to find, do the right reads, hit your right reads, make the right calls, make a few plays with your feet. And I think the Cowboys would be okay because their defense, man, their defense is special, man. And Micah Parsons, man, I know we talk about Aaron Donald being the best defensive player in the league. I think we got to start changing that conversation. Micah Parsons is phenomenal, man, from that linebacker position. And he might be better rushing the passer, but this guy runs a 4-3. He's strong. He's physical. He gets to the quarterback. I saw this stat the other day. He gets to the quarterback at a 56% rate. The league average is 12. That's uh, that's 40% more, 44% more times he gets to the league than the average gets to the quarterback than the average defender. That's unreal, man. So his pass rush rate is unreal. Um, and that defense, even from Diggs in the back end, from Lawrence to their linebackers. Dan Quinn has done a phenomenal job with that defense. And the Cowboys will be okay, man. But here's the thing. I don't ever think the Cowboys are going to win anything until Jerry Jones says, you know what, let me step out the way. Jerry Jones has been the problem for them. It ain't been the lack of talent. They've always had talent. The problem is Jerry Jones. He always wants to be front and center, and that's the problem. So Dak or Rush, come on, man. And Dak we trust. It's Dak all day long. Moving on. I'm going to give you guys my top five MVP candidates in the NFL so far. Coming in at number one, Lamar Jackson. I don't see how it can't be Lamar Jackson right now. Lamar Jackson has been phenomenal. I already read you the stats. He's been great. Number two, I'm going to surprise a lot of y'all right here. Jalen Hurts, man. <laughs> Jalen Hurts has been 
phenomenal. And I think Jalen Hurts could is definitely a top two MVP candidate right now from throwing the, the deep ball, the accuracy that we've seen. It's been phenomenal. And him using his legs. It ain't Lamar Jackson, but it's it's pretty darn good. Coming at number three, Josh Allen. I still think Josh Allen is the reason the Bills are two and one right now. Just a physical type player, very accurate. His arm strength is unreal as well, man. The way he can just throw that ball, it's unreal. Coming in at number four, Tua Tagovailoa. I probably messed that up, but hey, Tua, my guy Tua. Tua has definitely been great for the Miami Dolphins as sitting at 3-0. The way he's been distributing the ball to Waddle, to Hill, to Gusecki, to the running backs, Edmonds. I mean, he's been uh, just getting that ball out, and it's been amazing. Mossert's on that team. So much speed on that team, man. So big ups to you two at number four right now. And last but not least, coming at number five, I may surprise some of you guys, Micah Parsons. I know the Cowboys are sitting at two and one, but I think Micah Parsons deserves some MVP consideration, not just Defensive Player of the Year, but NFL MVP considerations. So that's my top five MVP candidates right now. Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Tua, and Micah Parsons. Moving on real quick, last thing with the NFL, then we're going to move on to some baseball. NFL Power Rankings. JR's NFL Power Rankings. I'm going to give you my top 10 right now. Coming in at number 10, the Minnesota Vikings. Now, I know what you can say. You can say whatever you want to say about Kirk Cousins, but, man, they got probably the best receiver in the league in Justin Jefferson. Dude special, man. Dude is so special. Can run every route in the route tree. Can high point the ball. Uh, can run after the catch. Got Adam Thielen over there bringing that veteran presence, can run every route, can teach. Uh, Jefferson, you know, some of the things that he's learned along the way as well. You got Dalvin Cook, who is a great bat. You got a backup in Madison right behind him, Irv Smith Jr. at tight end, who we ain't seen a lot because he ain't been healthy. But when healthy, I think he can be a very solid tight end. Uh, Osborne at the number three receiver. So I think that, you know, they could be a very good team. Uh, and they can compete in that division. So I got them coming at number 10. At number nine, I got the Dallas Cowboys. Got the Cowboys at number nine. Again, Michael Parsons is the driving force for that team. Uh, I know Jerry said that they wanted to run through Zeke and let Zeke eat, but let's be honest, man, Zeke ain't that same guy anymore. I defended Zeke for a long time, but Zeke just ain't that guy anymore. Zeke don't have that same burst and that same umph that he always had, right? He ain't got it no more. Is Zeke still good for 70 to 80 yards a game? I believe so. But when you rotate him and Pollard out, that's a, that's still a steady running game. So at number nine, Dallas Cowboys. At number eight, I got the Los Angeles Rams. They haven't looked the same. I don't know what's wrong with Stafford's elbow. I think he's still battling that. But I'm going to tell you something else that bothers me about the Rams and Stafford. Stafford only looks at one side of the field. It's Cooper Cup or nobody else. And you just gave Allen Robinson 50 mil. And you got Higby. And you got Van Jefferson. You got weapons. You got Akers and Henderson Jr., you got to quit looking at one side of the field, man. Is Cooper Cup a top five receiver in this game? I believe so. I don't see how you can't. He won a triple crown in receiving. Triple crown meaning most touchdowns, most yards, most receptions. They ain't been done in a long time. I, or since Steve Smith, excuse me. Um, I still think that Cooper Cup's a great receiver. But, man, you got to spread the ball around Stafford. We all know where that ball's going. He gets 16, 17 targets a game, it seems like. So you got to spread that ball around, man, and quit being so predictable. But anyways, at number eight, Los Angeles Rams. Number seven, I got the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I think it's a learning curve for them. Uh, losing Devontae Adams is a big deal. Uh, but Romeo Dobbs, uh, Christian Watson, still got Robert Tanyan at the tight end. Still got that two-headed monster 
and uh, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. I still think they can be a very good uh, offense. You still got Cobb as a veteran presence. You got Sammy Watkins, who really ain't ever lived up his potential because he's always hurt. But Sammy can still be good for eight games a year. So you have that. I think they're going to be okay. Number six right now, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, and only I only have them at six because they're not healthy. If they were healthy, they'd probably be undefeated, to be honest with you. Uh, I know Green Bay beat them uh, this past week, but if Tampa Bay was healthy, if they had Mike Evans, Godwin, and Julio, they'd probably be undefeated. Uh, but just from due to injury, I have them at number six. And number five, the Philadelphia Eagles, man. Who saw this coming other than Eagles fans? Like, they have been phenomenal. Jalen Hurts have been phenomenal. Man, what about Devontae Smith this past week? <laughs> man, dude went off. Like, I still think he's a great young up-and-coming receiver. A.J. Brown's just a man-child. Goddard is a great tight end that we don't talk about a lot. And got Miles Sanders in the backfield, who's a, who's a pretty good running back. So, I just think that the Eagles and that defense, man, that defense is ferocious. I think that's a great team. Moving on to number four, the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Baltimore Ravens is, the, you know, are going to win that division, not the Bengals, not the Steelers or the Browns. I think the Ravens will win that. They have the best quarterback in that division and the best defense in that division. So I think the Ravens have that. Coming in at number three, the Kansas City Chiefs. I know they're coming off an embarrassing losses to the Colts. And, yes, the offense could have played better, but what lost them that game was special teams. Two missed field goals, a missed extra point, and a muffed punt. That's going to lose you the game every time. That's seven points. Actually, that's 14 points because the Colts end up scoring off that muffed punt. That's 14 points that you missed out on. So, and they lost 17 to 20. So that's what? That's 31 20. I said 14 points. Yeah, that's 31 20 that they would have won off of that if if they don't muff the point, miss the two field goals and the extra point. And that's if they score off of the, you know, caught punt by Sky Moore. Uh, so I don't put much stock into that game. And the Chiefs always lose a game they shouldn't lose. So I still have, and, and in my opinion, they still got the best quarterback in the game sitting there so number three kansas city chiefs number two miami dolphins and i know you can say what they're three and oh and how can they be number two i still think the number two i still think it's early so i still think that we got to still watch and see how things unfold but they've been awesome um i mean you know call it what you want but i think they would have beat the bills by 10 plus points if they would have had the ball more i mean they only had the ball 19 minutes put up 21 points and held the Buffalo Bills to 19, and the Bills had the ball for 40 minutes. That's unreal time of possession. So, And to say that, coming in at number one, the team I think is the best team in the league right now is the Buffalo Bills. Yes, I know they lost to Miami. They had a few players out to injury. They were cramping. Um, I know Josh Allen threw the ball 60 times, and that is way too much. But I do believe that the Buffalo Bills are still the best team in the league. Um, and when they meet Miami again, that's going to be a slugfest. But that's my top 10 for you. Buffalo Bills at one, Miami Dolphins at two, Kansas City Chiefs at three, Baltimore Ravens at four, Philadelphia Eagles at five, coming at six, Tampa Bay, seven, Green Bay Packers, eight, Los Angeles Rams, nine, Dallas Cowboys, and 10, the Minnesota Vikings. All right, guys, hang in there, and we'll be right back, and we're going to talk about some MLB. Again, this is the All Things Sports Podcast with your guy, JR. We'll be right back.
All right, on to the MLB Major League Baseball. Um, and just to state the fact, I'm a huge Atlanta Braves fan. Have been for day one, so go Braves. Um, coming down the wire in this NL East race. Um, I was telling a couple of friends of mine, we had the Braves have to win the East, I believe. Um, if you win the East, you'll avoid the Dodgers in the second round. You won't have to meet them until the NLCS. Um, the Dodgers are going to be hard, man. The Dodgers have a great team. Um, they have great pitching. They have uh, great hitting, great power. Uh, Dave Roberts is a great coach. So, Braves got to beat the Mets this weekend. Huge series. Uh, we got to face their three best uh, versus our three best. They're throwing out there Bassett, DeGrom, and Scherzer. <laughs> That's an unbelievable, um, unbelievable rotation. <laughs> so, it's going to be tough, man, but hopefully uh, the Braves can get this done and win the East. And that way they can get that bye, get some rest, get Spencer Strider back, get everybody healthy, get Ozzy Albies back, and maybe that can make another push to defend the crown. So with that being said, go Braves. What I want to talk about is Aaron Judge, man. Like, I'm not a Yankees fan, never been a Yankees fan. I've never liked any Yankee other than one, uh, Derek Jeter. And I know everybody's like, man, you got Mario Rivera. I did not, never really liked him. I love Derek Jeter, though. I always thought Derek Jeter, a.k.a. the captain. Um, if you haven't watched the 30 for 30 on the captain, do so. It's a great series, a great 30 for 30. But Derek Jeter was just consummate pro, great player, did everything right. Um, allowed A-Rod to come over and be the guy when he could have clearly just still been the guy and said no. But Derek Jeter's amazing. So he's the only Yankee I've ever liked. But, man, Aaron Judge, dude's winning me over, man. Like, as a power hitter, he's unbelievable, man. And if you haven't kept up with Aaron Judge this season, it's been unreal, right? So uh, last night he tied the record. Uh, when I say record, the AL mark, right? So you, we all know that the record for home runs in a season is 73 by uh, Barry Bonds um, and or 72 by Barry Bonds, sorry. And I'm a huge Bonds fan, so – We'll get into Barry Bonds later. I don't want to get there now. But we all know that's the record. Uh, somebody will have to hit 73 to break it. And that's going to be a tall task, right? But when I say record, I mean for the American League. Barry Bonds played with the Giants. That's National League. So the American League record is 61 by Roger Maris. Um, which is really funny, man. Because Roger Maris only had that one great season, really. I mean, he hit 20 and 30 home runs. But he never eclipsed that 61. He just must have found something amazing that year but um he tied roger maris another yankee with 61 um and with seven games left do i think he can break the record and get to 62 i actually think he's going to do it i think aaron judge is going to be the american league uh record holder for home runs and it's amazing that we get to see this man like i enjoy seeing records fall i enjoy seeing things that stood for so long just be broken aaron judge is a phenomenal baseball player and I think that he's going to break Maris's American League record of 61 home runs. He's already tied it, so he's etched in history with him right now. And with seven games left, I think ESPN projected him to get 63 home runs, but I don't know how much he'll end with, but I do think that he will hit 62 and he will get the record and stand alone as the leader in the American League as most home runs ever um, in the league. Another thing I want to talk about is the MVP um, in the American League. 
You have so many people out there that saying that Shohei Otani is MVP. And I have a problem with that, man. Like, Shohei, is Shohei a great player? Man, Shohei is Babe Ruth 2.0. You know, we didn't get to see Babe Ruth. We saw, we see the numbers. We see what he done. We see what he accomplished. But we can actually see it modern day. A guy that hits in the high 270s, uh, 30 home runs, can drive in 100 RBI, and also win you 10 to 12 games with a sub 2-5 ERA. Like, that's, that's incredible, man. Is he the best player in baseball? Yeah, he could be. Uh, that's debatable. Uh, but that's not what we're here to do today. But what I am here to say is that for those of you that's saying that Shohei Otani is the MVP, cut it out. He's not the MVP. I hate to break it to you. It's not Shohei this year. He won it last year, but it's not Shohei this year. This year, the MVP of the American League should, and in my opinion, will be Aaron Judge. And I'm going to tell you why. Aaron Judge is winning the Triple Crown right now. Something that's very hard to do. Something that ain't been done since, if I'm not mistaken, 2012, Miguel Cabrera was the last one to do it. Um, and I love Miguel Cabrera. Great, pro, uh, great player, excuse me. But I think that Judge is the leader right now. Uh, I think he should win it. Triple crown is very hard to do. Let me give you the numbers right now this season. 314 batting average, 61 home runs, 131 RBI, 105 walks. That's MVP, man. I'm sorry that he don't pitch. But he's the MVP of the league. And the other thing that is that makes him the MVP is the Yankees won the division and they're actually playing meaningful games. The Angels, if anybody listened to Rob Parker, Rob Parker um, has a great show on baseball as well. But it's like Rob Parker says, Shohei ain't played a meaningful game since day one, since opening day. And he hadn't. He hadn't played a meaningful game at all. They're not making the playoffs for the eighth straight year. Mike Trout's been in and out of the lineup. It's just Shohei's not the MVP to me. This year, it's Aaron Judge. Last thing I want to get into with baseball um, before we wrap the show up is I want to give you guys the top five, my top five greatest single seasons ever that I've seen since we're on this topic of Aaron Judge having a great season. And we're also going to talk about um, Albert Pujols, and Barry Bonds before we go. I'm going to give you guys the top five greatest single seasons ever that I've seen because thinking about Judge season got me wondering, is this the best season that we've ever seen? I know you've seen some people say it's the best, but personally, I think it's the fifth best. So here we go. The fifth best single season ever in baseball that I've ever seen is Aaron Judge, 2022 season. Currently sitting at a 315 batting average, 61 homers, 131 RBI, 100 and actually it's 109 walks now and leads the Triple Crown. What an amazing year, man. <laughs> an amazing year so far from a power hitter. You rarely see power hitters hit above 300 uh, and Judge is doing it all. So kudos to him at number five. At number four, Joe DiMaggio, 1941. Joe DiMaggio has a record in my mind that will never, ever be broken, ever. I'm going to get to that in a second. His stats for that year, 357 batting average, which is amazing. 30 home runs, it's awesome. 125 RBI, 193 hits. And here's the record I think will never be broken. A 56-game hitting streak. <laughs> that's a, that's a laughable, man. A 50, think about that, a 56-game hitting streak. <laughs> That's over a quarter of the season, man, that the dude got a hit in every game. That's unreal. So, to me, that's the fourth best season 
ever. Coming in at number three as one of the best seasons ever is Ted Williams, also in 1941. Batted 406. <laughs> Think about that. He actually did it three times, but this was his highest average. Batted 406, 37 homers, 120 RBI. And check this out. Walked 147 times with a 553 on base percentage. He was on base all the time. That's 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 unreal. So to me, coming in at number three is Ted Williams, man. Nobody's batted 400 since. Um, phenomenal year. Coming in at number two, and you know whether you agree or not, that's up for debate. Message me, and we'll we'll go from there. At number two, Bob Gibson in 1968. If anybody don't know who Bob Gibson was, Bob Gibson was a dominant pitcher and that particular season 1.12 ERA <laughs> 268 strikeouts check this out 28 complete games that year that's unreal and 13 shutouts that year he won the NL Cy Young he won the MVP that year and in the World Series that year had a 167 ERA with 35 strikeouts to me that's the second greatest season ever like 20 plus wins that's the second greatest season ever to me. I mean, the numbers right there are unreal. Coming in at number one, the best season that I have ever seen. Again, this is all up for debate and an opinion. The best season that I have ever seen, and he's the best player that I believe has ever stepped on a baseball field, is Barry Bonds. 2001 season, 328 average, 177 walks, 73 home runs, 137 RBI, a .515 on-base percentage. Check this out. 68 intentional walks. Think about how many more homers he could have hit. He was walked 177 times, and 68 of those were intentional. That's unreal, man. And won the first of four straight MVPs. I think that's the best season that we've ever seen, um, coming from the greatest player that we've ever seen. Um, so again, those are my top five greatest single seasons ever. And coming in at five is Aaron Judge. I think Aaron Judge is having a phenomenal season, but I don't think it's better than Joe DiMaggio, Ted Williams, Bob Gibson, or Barry Bonds, who had an unreal year. And you know, on that topic, Barry Bonds is the most feared hitter ever, and it's not even close. Um, Barry Bonds is the only guy that got intentionally walked with the bases loaded multiple times. I mean, it's just... It's unreal how people feared him. So those are my top seasons ever. Moving on, circling back to Barry Bonds. You know, I've heard some people talk about that, you know, his record don't count. And if Aaron Judge break Roger Maris's, you know, home run record, that Aaron Judge will be the home run king. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Barry Bonds' record does count. Barry Bonds is the home run king. Let me tell you something about Barry Bonds that, that a lot of people don't mention or fail to remember Barry Bonds was a 400 home run guy and a 400 stolen base guy before the steroids Barry Bonds had already won three MVPs before the steroids Barry Bonds was already a great player and a hall of famer before the steroids right he was already that before then now you want to argue you know hey the steroids you know prolonged his career or or it enabled him to hit more or whatever. You could miss me with that, man. Like, to me, we've heard this before. Steroids has nothing to do with hand-eye coordination, has nothing to do with the mental side of the game, has nothing to do with going out there and producing every day, has nothing to do with it. 
And my other argument to that is you can't tell me that pitchers wasn't doing it either, a.k.a. Roger Clemens, Andy Pettit. Like, and I'm sure there's more out there that just didn't get caught. Like, and to me, steroids benefit a pitcher more than it does a hitter. But that's another argument for another day. But I'm here to say that those of you that think that Barry Bonds' record don't count, man, please miss me with that. It counts. He's still the home run king. The record will never be broken. Nobody's ever hitting 73 home runs, or at least not in my lifetime, I don't think. And Barry Bonds, in my opinion, is the greatest player that's ever lived. Um, the things that he done, and defensively, the gold gloves. 0-1 um, in the World Series, but in baseball, we don't hold rings to the standard that we do in every other sport for some reason. So Barry Bonds, to me, is still the greatest player ever, and is still the home run king. And it's still the greatest that I've ever seen personally, steroids or not. So moving on to another legend. Let's give it up for Albert Pujols, man. 700 home runs. Wow, what an accomplishment. Albert Pujols, you know, for the last few years, looked like he was done. He was battling a, a foot injury. Uh, was, couldn't get across the bases. <laughs> Seemed like he couldn't see the ball anymore. But he come back at 42 years old in his 22nd season. He's up to 22 home runs. <laughs> 60 RBI batting in the 240s. I mean, just what an incredible year, man, for him to get. Come back home to St. Louis. They win the division. He hit 700 home runs. What a storybook ending. You know, if I wasn't such a Braves fan, I would love to see them win it all. But that I don't, I, I can't. I can't accept that. I'm a Braves fan. We got to, sorry, Albert, if it comes to it, buddy, we got to end you. But I love, sorry, we got to end your run. <laughs> we got to end your run, Albert. Like, I love you, man. You're a great player, but go Braves. Anyways, back to what I'm saying. Albert Pujols, 700 home runs. What an incredible accomplishment. And that got me thinking, who's the greatest first baseman of all time to you guys? I came up with 10 that I think are the greatest first baseman of all time. Um, Coming in at number 10, Jeff Bagwell. Jeff Bagwell was a power hitter, great player for the Astros. Um, Great player that doesn't get the recognition that he should. Coming in at number nine, Hank Greenberg, another great player. Coming in at number eight to me, Mark McGuire. Now, you can say what you want to say about Mark McGuire. Had 270 home run seasons. Uh, Just a complete power hitter. Um, Again, you can debate that, but Mark McGuire to me. Number seven, Frank Thomas, man. Frank Thomas don't get a lot of credit with the White Sox. Frank Thomas was a heck of a player, an MVP, a power hitter. Number six, Harmon Killebrew, great player. Number five, Jimmy Fox to me. Um... And coming in in my top four, number four, Miguel Cabrera. I don't think he gets enough credit, man, for hitting for the average, the power, the RBI, just being a pure hitter, a couple of MVPs, won the Triple Crown. I think he's the fourth best first baseman that we've ever seen. Coming in at number three, Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig was a incredible uh, first baseman uh, for the Yankees. Big reason why they won so many championships, hit for average, hit for power, stole, stole bases. Lou Gehrig could do it all. Uh, number two, Stan the Man Musial, uh, played for the Cardinals as well. Probably was the greatest first baseman ever until this guy arrived, coming in at number one, Albert Pujols, greatest first baseman ever. So those are my top 10 first basemen of all time. I think Albert Pujols this year hitting 700, um, you know, sacking in uh, total bases now. I think he's top three in RBI. To me, that propelled him above Stan the Man Musial. Um, Albert has three championships. Albert has, I want to say, four MVPs. Um, I don't see how he's not the greatest first baseman of all time. So 
again, Albert Pujols, kudos to you, man, uh, for being the greatest uh, first baseman of all time. And to round it out, um, to round this episode out today, I want to get into a little bit of college football for a second. Um, it's not too long, but college football, man, this, this year is just so unpredictable. Like normally, <laughs> like normally I can tell, you know, who's 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 what. There's only a couple teams that I think is 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 going to be there it, it, that you can say is dominant or that you can say is that you can look at them and say, man, you know, they really got a good chance. Um, Georgia. Georgia looks unbeatable. Um, defense, offense, Stetson Bennett has been underrated. Uh, running game, defense looks amazing. So, to me, Georgia looks unbeatable. Um, Alabama, you know, it's Alabama. They're always going to be there. So, But college football this year is just so unpredictable to me. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Outside of Georgia and Alabama, man, it's just – it's tough. So, real quick, I'm going to give you guys my top four um, who I think is going to make it and be there at the end. Number one, Georgia Bulldogs. I think Georgia's going to be um, there at the end, either undefeated or one loss. I still think they're going to be there. Um, Alabama, I think, will be there. I think they're going to have one loss, but I still think they'll be there because it's Bama. Number three, Clemson Tigers. Uh, I think Clemson's going to be there. Uh, DJ starting to come into form a little bit. He just needed some time. Uh, the defense against Wake Forest looked a little bit suspect, but you got to understand they were missing three starters. They had three true freshmen in there. They struggled a little bit, but I think the defense would be just fine. Coming at number four, Ohio State. I believe in C.J. Stroud. I believe in that young man. I think that young man's special. I think that young man uh, is going to wheel them to the playoffs, and that defense looks a lot better than it normally does. Now, do I think they're going to win it all? That's up for debate, and we'll see as the season goes on. But right now, my top four. Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. And last but not least, to end it, um, the college football expansion. Do you guys think that's a good idea? They're expanding to 12 teams, I believe it is. I just personally, I always voted for them to expand it, but I don't think it should be 12 teams. I think it should be six to eight teams. Um, I don't think it should be 12. I think 12 is a lot because now you're going to have to take away some conference games, do a lot with the schedule. So I believe that the expansion is a good idea, but I think 12 is is slightly too much. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, we'll see what happens with college football the course of the year. But again, to me, if I had to pick a national champion right now, it would probably be Georgia. They just look unstoppable. So, man, this was fun. Thank you guys for tuning in with me on the very first episode of All Things Sports. Um, it was fun. I hope you guys enjoyed Continue to tune in with me, uh, subscribe with me, um, and as each week, I'm going to bring you updates from the NFL, the NBA, MLB, and so on. Um, This was fun. I enjoyed it, and I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. So again, uh, this was the All Things Sports Podcast. Be looking out for me next week as I'm going to come back to you with a special edition from the NBA. All right, guys, peace out. Have a great day, evening morning whenever you're listening to this see you guys